and welcome back to the Red 4 Unplugged podcast. Today we're joined by Danny from hashtag Team DDB. I'm super, super excited for this podcast today. But before we get started, remember if you watched on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe, pop any comments or questions for Danny in the box below. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Danny. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, yeah. Good, good yeah. to hear. I'm so, so excited to talk about this today. Um, so we're doing a charity spotlight, as I mentioned on hashtag Team DDB. Um, and Danny... You've got a huge story. I've, I've, you know, looked into your story and it's such a touching story. So everyone, please get involved. I'm really excited for this today. So Danny, just take us from the top um, and, yeah. and tell us about your story. Yeah, so um, probably going back three years ago now. Um, started to feel a little bit unwell. Um, was getting pains in my stomach, um, feeling lethargic, tired. And um, went to, the, uh, to see my GP was asked to go for blood tests um but completely ignored it being you know i don't know whether it's a guy thing or what but just just thought oh there's nothing wrong with me this will pass and it's probably just you know irritable bowels or something like that um anyway months passed went to spain still didn't feel right was jogging but didn't feel right running but couldn't really put my finger on what it was um, I say come back from Spain and then I went to the toilet and passed blood in my stool. Um, so then straight away I thought panic bells, I'm going to have to go and follow through on the um, blood sample and stool sample. So um went for that, then it come back as um, abnormal um, or there was something not right with it. And then I went for a colonoscopy, which was January 2019. Um, really weird one, had the camera. Um, obviously the procedure is they put the camera up your bottom so to speak um, <laughs> which as I say the thing with bowel cancer is as well it's there's a lot of embarrassment around that talk so it's good to be open and talk mm-hmm. about stuff like that so yeah I had it through and it was weird because they turn you onto your side but you can kind of see a screen um, so as they were going through with the camera they said it was going to be like a 45 minute procedure Got about 20 minutes in and all of a sudden I could see like a growth on in inside my bowel. Oh, no. um, so yeah, and obviously still being naive, I thought nothing more of it. Thought, you know, that's it, Dawn, he come out and so on. And then he put, put me in like a waiting area just to recover. And um, from that, um, they basically told me to hang back and I thought again, strange. And then waited for my partner, Jane, to come up um, and we got called into a small room and I got told that they think that I had bowel cancer, so... Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, like, what were your kind of first thoughts and feelings? Because it's just, you don't expect that to sort of happen. It was weird, because, I mean, I was 37, so I wasn't expecting that, but it was just when he was telling me, and I've been like this throughout, it's dead strange, I kind of just go into, like, business mode, and I was like, okay, you know, just taking it on board, there's no real emotion, and then you leave, and then that's when the emotion hits. So it was like, and my mum had bowel cancer and she come through it and I've kind of was a little bit like yeah I've got bowel cancer it's a it's disaster but at the same time I've seen my mum come through it there's positivity there yeah but then the next thing was my mum was contained to a bowel so they had to do scans to make sure it hadn't spread because if it spreads then that's when it becomes a different ball game 
So um, I had scans and then it come back that it spread to my liver. Oh so God. it was stage four. So then straight away, you, you know, you start, your whole world collapses then and you have to have the conversations with the family to say, like, this isn't good at all. When you go on Google, it says, like, you're looking at six months or something like that left to oh live. Oh, my God. What did you sort of... I can't even begin to imagine what that must have been like. Like, yeah. that's just the news that no one expects or you know wants to hear like for for themselves or for anyone that they know yeah it was it was it was bizarre and i think like what what helped me was i got into like a support group on facebook of people who were in a similar position to me um and then i realized there was options out there i was speaking to a girl called kelly smith who sadly isn't with us she actually died of bowel cancer but she was very good with me early on kind of saying you've got options don't panic you know, there's just so much they can do for you nowadays. So all of a sudden, I went to see my oncologist and he said, we're going to start you with chemo first and then the plan will be to have an operation to get it removed. So it was all positive. Um, Then that's when it kind of like spiraled a little bit, which I wasn't expecting, went completely in a direction I wasn't expecting because I started on chemotherapy. And after the first cycle, I felt fine the next day. Even when I did a park run the next day after I had chemotherapy, thinking, oh, this is this is a breeze. And then by like Wednesday, after that was Friday, park run Saturday, and by Wednesday, I was like, every time I stood up, I was just like getting really tired, getting like a really burning sensation in my throat, my wrist was throbbing, just like so tired. And I thought, what's going on? So anyway, I spoke to a chemotherapy nurse. She referred me to our park A&E. Again, went up there naive, thinking I'm going to be in here for like a few hours in home. And the next thing is they did an ECG on my heart and all of a sudden they had like nurses and doctors rushing around, like oh in an absolute God. panic. Because what had happened, I was actually cardiotoxic to the chemotherapy. So it was so basically... So you had like a reaction type yeah, of thing? Yeah, I had a reaction, which means it has an adverse effect on your heart. So yeah, they said like I was really lucky not to have like a major heart attack from from oh, chemotherapy. My God, like this story is just going from like so far yeah. from from bad to worse. Like what yeah. what happened next? So I was in hospital for five days. Luckily, they give me medicine that would sort that out. Then I went to see my oncologist, and he said chemotherapy off the table. It was precautionary anyway. Let's just head for surgery. So surgery was booked for May time. Um. So I was heading towards that, thinking, yeah, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden started to feel unwell for like a few days where just don't know, just like almost my mood changed. I started to feel down and I don't know, just felt didn't feel right. And then again, started to be sick a lot. So I was like, oh, what's happening now? So then I ended up going to my GP. She said, get to our park straight away. I ended up there in A&E again. And what happened is my bowel, where the growth in my bowel was, that had blocked so when food was pa- trying to pass through, couldn't pass through. Um, and yeah, so what they said is we'll put in a stent, which is like a, almost expands your bowel. Um, so it'll allow food to pass through, which will, will then get me through to the operation. So for fine, 2% chance of, of 2 or 3% chance of that bar, of your bowel perforating it, like expanding too much and, and basically opening your bowel. Um, so again, I thought, fine, did the procedure took away from the procedure into like a holding room and all of a sudden was in like the worst pit I've ever felt. Like I've had oh kidney stones God. and stuff like that. Oh, it was, it was horrendous. I was like, nobody was there and I was like screaming down the place. Um, so what had happened is the stent had actually um, perforated my bowel. So oh then all the stuff in my bowel was leaking into my stomach 
and then so what they said is we'll do emergency surgery chances are you're going to end up with like a stoma just a temporary thing at stoma just to obviously um because we need to do this emergency surgery so i got taken down for that um and then next thing is like i don't know this because i was out of it for days but when i was in surgery they, I, they realized that i had sepsis oh my <laughs> it's like one thing after yeah. another isn't it it's it's it's, it's mad insane um, but do you know what is so amazing from the story so far like you have remained so positive you know during each thing you've you've been like no we can get yeah. through this and that kind of attitude and that is just essentially i guess powered you through through it so sepsis tell us a little bit about that so so yeah basically um my major organs sepsis is like poisoning of the blood i believe and it was basically overtaking all of my major organs so my organs were shutting down so they'd like called in um uh, my partner and um stepson and um his, his like my family and they just basically said that um but he's very unlikely to make the evening because oh um, his organs are shutting down. And um, obviously, thankfully, after about four days, five days, a day, heavily sedated, I wasn't in a coma, but obviously I was completely out of it. There was no response to them. Heavily sedated, I come round and thankfully my body fought it with obviously the help of the surgeons and the, the, the critical care team at Arrow Park. And I'm here to tell the story. And then that allowed me, I was in hospital for about six weeks, dropped to about 10 stone in weight and um yeah it allowed me to then kick on and start to fight cancer then so oh my god this is like such an <laughs> inspirational story and for anyone that's sort of going through this as well or you know feels like there's just no light at the end of the tunnel like you are living proof of that mm-hmm. and here to share the story so it's so amazing i'm so glad <laughs> we can share this like on our platform yeah. um so following you know the sepsis and then you, you'd beaten that what what kind of happened then so um i built on my strength um i did an event at Prenton park which was like a bowel cancer event which is something i wanted to do and that raised about ten thousand pounds for two charity local charities and then it was all positive and then it was i had to go for scans and it was we were going to start you um on uh, chemotherapy or discuss whether we put you for liver surgery because when i had sepsis they did remove the cancer from my bowel so that was a positive so that was gone from there so i only had it left in my liver or so i thought and then i ended up going for a scan and then i was told um by oncologist again that the, the cancer had actually spread to my stomach lining uh, your peritoneum i think i've pronounced that right and um basically it was a bleak prognosis it was like again if you google it it's like three to six months on google but you oh again it was just that he was just if chemotherapy isn't successful you'll be looking at, at like months and i you get what i was kind of saying how long and he was like i can't really put a figure on it but months but we're putting you on this chemotherapy and we're hopeful that this is going to work so did they put you on like, I don't know how it sort of works. Obviously, you'd had the toxic reaction to yeah. the chemotherapy the first time. Yeah. How do they sort of, is there a way that they can, you know, manage it so that doesn't happen again type of thing? Yeah, so there's probably about, the what the way they class it is, you normally have like three options with chemotherapy of like first line, second line, and then third okay. line. So third line isn't cardiotoxic as far as I'm concerned, but they could, they basically use the drug that a rare drug that isn't that used that much in the country and mixed it. They better not what they'll normally do with chemotherapy is they'll mix drugs together, okay. two different types of chemotherapy drugs. So thankfully, they did have like a plan of attack, like fair second line and third line, albeit there was so many drugs like chemotherapy drugs taken off the table. So 
where he was uncertain and why he was saying months was because he it wasn't really a tried and trusted way of the two drugs that they were mixing for me. It didn't have like great results or loads of studies okay. and so on. Um, so you didn't have much to go off. No, so but I, I started chemotherapy. I felt great in myself. Everyone was saying like, "Oh, you look really well," and and that, and it was just it was just bizarre. And then again, I was just in the group and I was speaking to people like Kelly and a, a guy called Sean. Again, uh, you know, harsh, but he's not here as well. So it's kind of been a wake up call from that point of view. But they were supporting me and saying, "You know, got options and you're going to be okay." It's fab that there, there is this, you know, network of people who are all supporting each other yeah. as well. That's so nice for each other, you know, to keep each other strong and that yeah. sort of thing. Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm so, uh, so to go off track a sec, but that's why I'm so proactive in terms of raising awareness and giving support to others because I know where my head was at and the help that they give me allowed me to get into a positive place. Like bowel cancer affects people of all ages. It doesn't discriminate. There's a girl in Liverpool called Amelia Grace who is 23 and has just been diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer so i'm helping her at the moment but again like you know it's that just shows like 23 year old girl that is awful because you just it sounds awful like you just don't think it of it in young people but it does still happen and it's important that everyone knows you know it's not just older people that this happens in it affects everyone absolutely it could affect everyone yeah and I mean, so then just on that, it was going on from where I went with the story is um, I had chemotherapy, ended up getting referred to the Christie in Manchester because they are specialists on the stomach line and they were like, we need, um, the chemotherapy's work that well that we can't see it in your stomach lining anymore. So it was like miraculous because uh, that's never, never normally happens for chemotherapy. Um, and we want you to have liver surgery in Manchester, in the Manchester Royal and this was February of last year, 2020. So I had 60% of my liver removed um, at that point. Um, I had my gallbladder removed um, and basically got rid of the cancer that was in my liver. Um, Then I went back and had um, scans and then it showed that I'd had a reoccurrence in my stomach lining. So I had more chemotherapy. The chemotherapy again worked in terms of it didn't get rid of it, but it shrunk down what was there and they found like one uh, residual metatarsis I think they call it in my liver so that I needed that and then in January of this year I've just literally had what you call hypex surgery in Manchester and it's like revolutionary surgery it's basically where they'll take the cancer away out of my stomach lining in the areas it is you then put like tubes into your stomach and pump uh, chemotherapy at like 40 degrees hot chemotherapy at 40 degrees into your stomach oh my god um they did my liver they took out my spleen um, did loads and it would say she was about nine ten hours i was under four. Oh my god mm. that is a hefty surgery yeah it was it was it was it was really tough uh, it was probably the toughest one i'd had you know in terms of recovering from um and then brings me kind of where i am today where i've just recently had a scan and the scan has showed that i don't have any cancer visible at ah, this point in time that is so. honestly so <laughs> amazing and so positive like you've gone through all this but there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah. like that is so amazing i'm so like buzzing for you yeah i mean it, it is early days and i can't get too carried away i mean i'm stage four so when i was before i was saying about bowel cancer and um, why it's so important for an early diagnosis and where my mum was if it's caught early, it's basically ninety percent um, successful treated and success. Put my teeth in. Ninety percent <laughs> of cases are successfully treated. 
However, if it gets to stage four, you've got a 14 or 13, 40% chance of living past five years. Right. So it's quite, quite. So where I'm at now is obviously I get scanned every three months, but there's still a strong chance that it can reoccur. But I've just got a kind of hope that I'm one of the lucky ones on that. But as I say, from where I am now, it's it was never thought of that I would get there and I'm just running with it. And to be honest, I'm literally living three months. So right now I'm kind of, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have cancer and I'm just living my life and, and really enjoying it. And, you know, and that's what I'll do. And if I get a clear scan in three months, then I'll live the next three months that way. And if it comes back, I'll just deal with that as and when it comes back and take it from there, really. So. You know what? That is such like an inspirational way and positive mindset to have. And I think it's so important. Again, I've said this, that you're on here sharing it because you're just powering through and you're taking each day as it comes and you look great as well. By the Thank way, you. like you telling this story, I would never have known prior no. to, to looking into your story and that sort of stuff. You look fab. Like you don't look, you've, you've literally overcome every possible obstacle you know when they've given you like three percent like that's such yeah. a small percentage and it's you've still managed to overcome that so it's absolutely yeah. amazing thank you um so talk us through the next steps you you set up your your charity which is hashtag team ddb tell us a bit about how that started what motivated you to set that up yeah so um i did the we did the bowel cancer event and that was in april of 2019 uh, and that was just supposed to be a one one-off thing and i was going to do that every year raise money bit of awareness and then it was around the time when i got when it spread to my stomach i had a poor diagnosis and then um poor prognosis i should say and then three of my mates uh ben douglas ben lavelle and will davenport basically surprised me i went we went out for some some dinner and they when i come out from the toilet they had team ddb t-shirts on uh like bright pink team ddb t-shirts and i just sat down i didn't even get on to the fact they had these t-shirts on for a bit <laughs> which was mad um but yeah anyway that they were doing pretty uh mudder um in birkenhead park and they raised about two grand doing that and they were doing it in my, it for me and to Aww. show support and then i just kind of saw the team ddb thing and thought you know what we can we can really kind of make something of this we were at about 12 grand from the event that i'd done and then what these lads had done and then it, it's just absolutely snowballed. It's gone mad. And it's probably one of the reasons why, from my point of view, it's like, I think it's been a great distraction from everything else. All the negativity, this has been a good distraction and has, has allowed me to keep positive because I've been seeing a lot of positivity that's coming out of a negative situation. So where we stand at the moment is we're up to nearly £52,000 raised. Oh for like my God, that is amazing. Congratulations community. on that, by the way. Yeah. That's absolutely fab. Like you say, you've turned what's a negative situation into something so positive and you're giving back to you know the community and that sort of thing, raising it, money, yeah. which is absolutely amazing. So talk us through um, like what you've, where you've sort of raised, raised the money for um, yeah. and the work you've done with Team DDBA. Yeah, so it went from, um, we were doing a lot with supporting UTS Foundation, which is part of UTS Gym in Hoylake. Um, they do um, fitness support and um, so on for cancer patients, so I was supporting them. We've supported Maggie's Merseyside, and they basically give emotional support to cancer patients right next to Clatterbridge Cancer Centre. Um, we've raised money for Clasbridge Cancer Centre themselves, nearly £5,000 for them. Uh, and the money's kind of been split. And then more recently, we've gone away from cancer a bit. And that's why it's becoming a community thing, because we did uh, during COVID last year. 
and it was a nice one for me because obviously I'd, they'd looked after me so well. We did we raised nearly seven thousand pound for the critical care team at Arrow Park, but I was so adamant that that money wasn't going to go just into like a hospital fund. It wants I wanted direct. to go direct. So That's each so yeah, so each member of the team got fifty pound voucher. Oh. Um, so they were made up with that. Um, over Christmas we did Whittle Food Bank, so we made sure that. Based off Mark, what Marcus Rashford was doing, we've made sure that local people or local children um, didn't go without at Christmas, you know. Um, so we, we did that, and that was nearly £6,000 to World Food Bank. Um, yeah, just it just snowballed, absolutely. And then recently, like I was probably so many weeks after surgery, I can't remember, I think it was four or five or six weeks after major surgery, and I did a challenge where I was walking 300,000 steps. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, which was good because it helped with recovery. It was tough. I had days where I couldn't get out and do anything, but 300,000 steps in a total of the month. And that was for uh, Maggie's Merseyside. That was part of their challenge. And again, we've raised, you know, I think about four and a half thousand pounds for Maggie's most recently. So as I say, it's just been, it's been absolutely amazing. The, the response and it's, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm kind of the face of it, but it's not me. It's, it's, a, it's like family, friends and anyone who, who gets inspired by what we're doing to do, do, I don't know, people have baked cakes, sold cakes, they've sold secondhand clothes, done jogs, done, you know, November. It's just, it's you know, it, it's, it doesn't matter what the challenge is, you can do it and you can basically choose it doesn't even have to be one of the charities we do. As long as it goes back into the community, we can support it. We'll we'll just promote it on social media. We can give T-shirt. We can set up the Just Giving page or Virgin Giving page, and we just do that, really. So. Oh, well, that is amazing. So how could our listeners sort of get on board with this? Is it through the Just Giving page? So it'd be through... I mean, we've got some Just Giving pages open at the moment, so you can obviously donate and support that way. Um, or you could just go to our team, our team.ddb on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, um, follow us. And yeah, if you want to, um, you know, do do a challenge and raise money for, for you know Maggie's or Whittle Food Bank or whoever it may well be, then uh, by all means, yeah, get in touch and we can support it and promote it for you. I've seen as well on your Instagram, I've had a little nose <laughs> and you have had a few famous faces appear on there. Tell us a little bit about that. That is amazing. Yeah, so um, we've um, we've had like Kim Marsh and Sir Alex Ferguson. And, no um, Yeah, just a lot of people. Um, Gabby Logan, just a lot of people just support what we're doing, trying to raise awareness for bowel cancer. It's Bowel Cancer Awareness Month at the moment, so obviously we're just we're trying to do that. There's there's a girl called Bowel Babe, Deborah James, who I know through the same support group. She does a lot of good stuff around bowel cancer awareness, and that's that's what we're trying to do. With the, the, the whilst it's great that they're thanking Team DDB and what we're doing in the community. It's more about when you get, you know, when you get famous faces on board, it's more about what awareness that raises because people all of a sudden pay attention because you've got so-and-so involved. So, yeah, that's that's been amazing, yeah. Oh, my God, Fab. So what does the sort of future hold for Team GDB? Have you got sort of goals that you want to reach in terms of um, charity or that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I'm being told... <laughs> I'm being told by uh, Jay, my partner, that I should slow down, <laughs> to be honest, and just enjoy myself. But it's what it's what I'm passionate about. So um, we're going to... Gives gonna... you something to focus on, doesn't it? Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I want to have a bowel cancer awareness event again this, this year. But obviously, COVID's made that a bit of a challenge. Um, we've got a charity football game. I always do a Christmas raffle um, where businesses support it and donate prizes, which has been amazing. So... 
Um, yeah, that there'll be those things, but it's just I think it'll be just just kind of keeping doing good things. Like we've we've done something most recently where we do like a random act of kindness. So in March we did we sent 120 with Laura's Bakery in Liverpool, sent 120 cupcakes to the critical care team to say thank you. This month we've just paid for um, Sons Downs, which is like a Down syndrome charity for children. We've paid for them to have like um, a summer party together. So oh, we're just going to keep that going as well and just keep doing good, keep really. Keep all the good work. Yeah. Well, this story is so inspiring for anyone listening to because you've took, like I said, you've took a negative situation and it, it makes us all grateful for every single day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just don't know what's going to happen in life and you yeah. are living proof and, and hope for everyone really. Yeah. So it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and we at Rev4 Unplugged um, would love to support in any way we can and we Brilliant. wish you all the best of luck in the Brilliant. future. And thank you for having me on it. You're so well. welcome. It's been so lovely having you on. And remember guys, if you have any questions uh, for Danny, please leave them in the comments box below. Um, head over to the Instagram. I will We'll pop them all under there as well so you can head over um, and check it out but for now we'll catch you in our next podcast bye, bye.